It's Fangirl Chat with Teresa Delgado and Trisha Barr. We've done one of these, but I'm so excited. My name's Teresa Delgado, and with me is my fangirl bestie in the universe, Trisha Barr from Fangirl Blog. Hey, it's been forever. Forever. Literally, like from the, is it Sandlot? Forever. (laughs) (laughs) I looked, and I don't think we've done one of these since Black Panther, which is absolutely crazy because there's been so much stuff that's come out since then that we probably should have done one of these for. So, like uh, Infinity War, maybe, when you or think about Ca- it. Captain Marvel, but we kind of cheated and did fangirls going rogue. Yes, we did. We did. So, for those of you that are new, we are from another podcast called Fangirls Going Rogue, which is Star Wars-based. But we like to talk other stuff, too. So, we created Fangirl Chat for that purpose, so that when something comes out that we want to geek out about... We can. And on this show, we're covering Avengers Endgame because it's so awesome. It is such a good movie. So, Trisha, did you think this one was better than Infinity War? Well, it was bound to be because you've got the happy ending, right? I remember my littlest nephew when we went to see Infinity War last year, and he didn't really understand the comic book genre. So when the snap happened and it ended, he kind of did this, you know, how little kids do with a like slump down in their chair and get this pouty face. Yeah. And I was like, but it's going to be okay. He's like, no, they're all dead. (laughs) And it's it's really hard to explain to a little kid. I'm like, no, no, this is part of the process. It's going to be okay. So yeah, I feel like probably part of the success in this monster box office is for people just knowing this is the release and you can go see it a few times and feel better about yourself. Yeah. So on the note of kids, I was working at the Lego store. This had to have happened maybe like a week ago. And one of our employees made a infinity gauntlet out of Lego pieces And it's a smaller one, but it's actually really well done. And this kid noticed what it was, and he was looking at it. And he looks at me. And keep in mind, at this point, I don't have a voice. I literally have an iPad next to my register that says I don't have a voice. So that people were prepared when I was like, hello. So this little kid looks at me, and he goes, why did they have to make this new Avengers movie? We had Infinity War. It ended just fine. And I just looked at him and I was like, oh, dear. And I, and I, you know, in a raspy voice was like, well, we needed the end. And he was like, we had the end. And I was like, okay, next. Little Thanos <laughs> fanboy, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So for me, after my first showing, I was in that same state of shock. And you'll remember this because you were there after we first saw The Last Jedi. I was in that same mental headspace of, okay, like there was so much stuff that happened and it was hard for me to process it all. And I was thinking, God, this wasn't better than Infinity War. Infinity War was better. But then the more I talked about it with you guys and everything, the more 
fleshed out it got and I was like okay I'm ready to see it again so then when I saw it again the second time I was like oh no this is way better <laughs> but I definitely had post Last Jedi feeling vibes of like okay well it was it's a lot to take in it was a, a lot. lot there's a lot happening a lot of different characters a lot of storylines to process and I almost felt like after the first time I saw it like I went through kind of this grief too yeah not, i think in, me too i think you know, there was some type of where i was just kind of shell-shocked but glad it was over but i think that those are all kind of natural feelings that's why movies like this matter because they help us deal with things on a you know like living through other characters and processing it but i, I have to say the second time i watched it I felt like a lot of things meant more because I was like, oh, that's why, mm-hmm. you know, he's saying that like when Iron Man comes back and he he says he's going to help Cap and they've just had that horrendous time. By the way, we're talking spoilers. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> talking- probably spoiler alert this. We will be spoiling the entire movie. Yeah, I felt like I'm like saying something and then you're know, like the whole don't spoil the movie thing. But this is definitely we're talking spoilers. So when he's like, yeah, I'm back and I'm going to help you fix this time travel problem. And he gives this kind of criteria of things that have to happen, like nothing can change. And and then he, the little side is like, and if I survive. You know, that's Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, that wasn't one of his conditions that he gave. It was just a little side condition, kind of like, you know, how Iron Man has to be. So I was like, oh, like they're already kind of setting it up there. And there are tons of other little things like that. There was a lot of that stuff. There's one specifically I can think of on my mind, but I'll bring it up later. Let's talk box office first, because, you know, I love numbers, box office numbers. I don't actually love numbers. I actually despise math and numbers, but box office, I enjoy. Okay, so the domestic total as of May 15th, actually, I updated it, is $737.9 million, which is huge. It's so huge. But the foreign box office is $1,793,400,000. Which brings our worldwide total to $2.5 billion. That's a lot of money. That's a lot. And it had one of the biggest opening weekends, or the biggest, of all time. Uh, I'm going to just double check that because there's some charts on what our friend Sarah likes to call box office moho. Which just cracks me up every single time. It is number one for opening weekends with a total of $357.1 million. And I definitely was one of those. I bought tickets. And I was there at a 10.30 p.m. showing. I don't know if we've talked about it here, but we I've talked about it before. I have a massive love for Titanic. I saw that movie... Like seven times in the theater. So when people were talking about a three hour long movie and bathrooms and all this stuff, I'm like, wait, but I've done Titanic without going to the bathroom like seven times. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm like, come on. It's I saw it the deal. same number of times. It, like to the, you know, people are saying they've gone to see this end game like 
seven, eight times and people are reciting the lines word for word, which is exactly mm. what used to happen back then. I remember turning around on the seventh time and telling this girl to just stop because she said every line. Oh, S- no. Stop. I know you like it. But I think that that's really where you get these huge numbers from, right? Yes. Is people yes. going to these movies like over and over and over and People don't seem to understand how it got so big, but that was it. People just going so many times. Well, and it's also people going multiple times, but it's that word of mouth concept as well of, yeah, it's getting a lot of press, but you're more likely to go and see it if someone you know personally is like, I did really enjoy it. You should go. I'll go with you. You know, that kind of thing. That definitely happened with Titanic. I think Titanic was a date movie, too, back then. On May 9th. Uh, Avengers Endgame beat Titanic in the box office. Now, this is not adjusted for inflation, I do believe. But they passed Titanic, which has been the number two movie at the box office worldwide for a long, long, long time. And so James Cameron actually tweeted out a picture of... Like a what water with the Avengers logo in the water, but the top of the A is tipping the Titanic into the water, sinking it. And it said to Kevin and everybody at Marvel, an iceberg sank the real Titanic. It took the Avengers to sink my Titanic. Everyone here at Lightstorm Entertainment salutes your amazing achievement. You've shown that the movie industry is not only alive and well, it's bigger than ever. And I actually like... When these different film studios and film people congratulate other movies. I know it's kind of cheesy, but I like it. Well, it's actually good for business that, mm-hmm. you know, to show that the movie industry is still healthy, that you can generate audiences to come in and remember what the experience of a film is, because a lot of times that's what people are afraid of, that people are going to forget. This movie was about kind of that communal experience for the characters and also for the people in the theater. He gets it. They need to keep the film industry healthy. So I I mean, that's always been kind of like a thing now to give the hat tip to the next winner. Mm-hmm. Will he have to do it again is the question. Maybe. <laughs> well, you know, looking at just domestic grosses, number one right now, and this is not adjusted for inflation, is Star Wars The Force Awakens and Avatar is number two. So this is not worldwide. And then Endgame is number three. And Titanic has actually moved down to number six when you're just looking at domestic gross. Mm -hmm. But the big deal is the fact that it was worldwide gross that it passed Titanic. But it is on the heels of Avatar. And I just think it's funny that the top two movies are James Cameron movies. And it very well could pass both of those. So... Scott Mendelson from Forbes, he's the one that always does box office stuff. I'm always looking at things that he says. In an article he posted on May 14th, he said with around $4.72 million on Monday, which was a significant drop, Avengers Endgame has now earned, so this is a few days old, $728.5 million in 18 days of domestic release. That puts it $31.5 million away from Avatar, which is a $760 million domestic gross. So it's in third place. Now, if you adjust it for inflation, it's only number 24, which I thought was really interesting. And then it's also, it's behind 
Fantasia, which I'm like, ha a classic animated movie that's literally just music is still ahead of you. That's so cool. Other really cool movies that it's behind when you adjust it for inflation is like 101 Dalmatians. Uh, I'm just looking up The Phantom Menace, which is having its anniversary mm-hmm. here pretty soon. The Lion King. So it's just, you know, it's stuff I think about. I'm like, oh, look, The Sound of Music. I don't think anything's ever going to beat Gone with the Wind. Yeah, you know, that's when the the crazy things when you look at some of the movies and then you think too, not just how long they were in theaters, but how much they are lasting on TV and people, you know, I'll still sit down and watch The Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, me too. (laughs) Although I know a lot of people are scared of it. I'm not. (laughs) The monkeys. I don't know why I was never scared of that movie. There's so many people that were scared of Wizard of Oz and it does, it doesn't make sense to me. Now, Scott Mendelson goes on to say, and this is actually yesterday, presuming it earns at least $16 million over the weekend. So this weekend, the weekend of the 18th and 19th, a pretty safe presumption considering it grossed $63 million last weekend. Its 24-day domestic total will be well over the $760 million cumulative of Avatar. It should be over Avatar's unadjusted gross by Saturday night. And yes, if we're only counting initial theatrical releases, during which Avatar earned $749 million in 2009 and 2010, Avengers Endgame will be past the James Cameron sci-fi epic on Friday. So we're just going to have to wait and see, but I am assuming... James Cameron's going to have to put another tweet out and get creative this time. Yeah, right. Well, like, what is it going to what what's it going to do? The Avengers logo, it can't sync it. Be like the Navi are going to have to. You know how the Lucasfilm one it shows like handing off the lightsaber. It's going to be like. I'm sure he'll think of something. He's got a lot of creative people. So I'm sure they've already been. They're probably planning. It's, right? be. it's cool, and we focus a lot on domestic. Just being in the U.S., that's what our our film writers write about and think about, but the U.S. population's under 5% of the world population. And so the place where you can grow as a business is your international number. And that's where I think it's really exciting. And film is kind of growing in different parts of the world. So that's, if you're looking at it as a business, if you're looking at it as Disney, where am I going to grow my audience? They're really looking for films that are going to succeed, not just domestically, but internationally. And yes. so that that's kind of the exciting part is that it's flourishing around the world. It's kind of like a huge China box office, mm-hmm. which China is like a really, it's a hard market because they, you know, they monitor and they decide when it's going to come in. It was a big deal for it to come out at the same time in China. Huge. That's where the crazy part is, is that it's not just an American story, especially when you think about it with Captain America and Iron Man. These are kind of our superheroes and they were born in the comic books that were about kind of American greatness reminding us that during you know the 40s and 50s when people kind of need to be pumped up here but it's reaching out and touching people all over the world Mm -hmm. and I was looking at the worldwide grosses all-time box office this isn't adjusted so Avatar has 2.7 billion and Endgame has 2.5 right now it very well could pass Avatar in the worldwide gross too. It just needs to keep its momentum. 
And that's going to be the problem moving forward because we're starting to hit those other big summer movies that are going to start diverting some of the audience. Uh, I know Detective Pikachu actually did really well against it in its opening weekend, which I thought was funny. But then again, there's tons of Pikachu fans. So I, know, I, I had friends who just went because it was Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that too. That too. I don't know if you saw, but I posted it on my Facebook. Maybe we can include it in the show notes. But there was a video of a bunch of people dressed up as Pikachu, like really good Pikachus. And it was to the Imperial March. And they were in sync, like walking down the street. It was hilarious. It was so funny. Uh, so, but I do love Pikachu and he looks really cute in the movie. I just haven't seen it yet. Variety also released something that I thought was really cool. They said, should Avengers Endgame remain victorious in North America? This was posted on the 14th. It will be the first film since Black Panther to retain the top spot for four consecutive weeks. And Black Panther was the number one film at the domestic box office for five weeks in a row in February of 2018. So maybe this one will do that as well. I've heard John Wick might challenge it. So I have too. I have heard that, which I'm not interested in a John Wick. I think a John Wick is a Keanu Reeves, but I'm not sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Let's get into talking about this movie. So who were your favorite characters before you even saw the movie? And I'm even tempted to say like before... Infinity War, since these kind of go together, but your favorites. Captain America, and not just because he's America's ass. <laughs> well, he is. <laughs> that line cracked me up. That was really good. <laughs> and I've been a fan of Hawkeye. I just kind of like his humor and the way he's the the human in the group, that you get a lot of the humor out of him, especially in the the way he was used in the Avengers movies one and two and Black Widow for a lot of reasons. You know, she was the only female character in that original group. So I felt some affinity towards the character and just what her arc's been. I've always been more of an Iron Man fan than a Captain America fan, but I think it's because of Robert Downey Jr. Like his extremely sarcastic, dry humor just always makes me laugh. So I've always liked him. Spider-Man, but, and I've always liked Spider-Man, but I really like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Yes. I just think he's done a superb job. And then, I mean, Rocket. Rocket is the bestest. <laughs> is that because he's voiced by Bradley Cooper or just because he's Rocket? No, because he's Rocket. He's a, he's, he's a, what did Thor call him? Did he call him a rabbit? No. Didn't he? He called him something yeah, like that. Yeah, he calls him all sorts of things They're like yeah. that he's not during the movie, yeah. which is part of the humor, too. I Thor has grown on me, too, over the years. So he's like right there, kind of close. I'm glad he's going to continue on. He needs to lose some weight, though. I can't handle that. <laughs> I need him to get his abs back. Okay. <laughs> I think he will, but I appreciate what they were doing with the character, just showing I do sort of where he had. I mean, in especially if you look at it, his arc in Infinity War, the last movie was mm -hmm. he was just so heroic, like the things he did were like Herculean to open that portal and make the I don't remember what do we call it the Stormbreaker. Yes. Yes. And do all that stuff. And then he makes this 
dumb mistake and doesn't go for the head. So he's just like, he did all this stuff and then he screws it up. And so he has to deal with that and he's not dealing well, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he's depressed. Yeah, he he's definitely depressed and, you know, ranting on some poor kid, whatever. Fortnite. I think yeah. they were playing Fortnite. Was it noob something 69? Something, something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> which was definitely definitely funny so i guess maybe did of any of those characters did your opinion change or for any other character like i'm saying thor but how about you not really any of those those stayed but i really i mean i've kind of always liked scarlet witch sort of but after her scene in the battle i was like scarlet witch is amazing and even what she went through in Infinity War, I was m- much more open to her as a character, which I thought was kind of cool. I've always liked Black Widow, too, but what she went through in this one really touched me a lot as well. And then, I've you know, I've always liked Thor, so that didn't change. Maybe Nebula. I don't know if I really ever liked her. I think I appreciated her, but after this one... It was a little bit even more of an appreciation for that character just because she had a lot to do with the story, which I thought was kind of cool. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I mean, she paid, played an important role because of, you know, the relationship with Thanos and Scarlet Witch. And just this story is so male centric just because of how it was started. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But I thought in the end, in the battle specifically with Scarlet Witch and Captain Marvel and how it was progressing, Thanos really started to fall apart when the women started attacking him. That's where he had to make some choices that put him at, he became weak. He was making choices that were putting him at a disadvantage, whereas he had sort of been holding the advantage. And I thought as a play in the storytelling, that was really powerful because Scarlet Witch can actually take him on so he has to make it some desperate moves to fight her off and then again with captain marvel to pull the power stone out to try to actually mm-hmm. fight back so scarlet witch i mean just everything that she went through in the last movie and then you're just like she's like what did she say you you will re- will remember me or you will know me or something like that because he totally dismisses it's her like i don't even know you yeah exactly and i'm like oh man she's cranky this is gonna be fun mm-hmm. <laughs> and definitely for me one of the people that i felt some kindness for who i hadn't necessarily had a lot of any feelings for it was for happy oh yeah just the ending and, you know, when he's there, kind of, there'll be somebody who will try to be a father figure. Cheeseburgers. Yeah, I know. Mm. And the first time I totally didn't get that I love you 3000 because I missed the line before that, which is I love you a ton. And then the second time I was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> so, and it was so, it was so cute. Is there something more to it other than he just repeated what she said? Well, he said, I love you a ton. And then she said, I love you 3,000. So she's one and a half times a ton. And that's a total math nerd joke. See, I, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And Robert Downey Jr. had put hashtag 3,000 after the premiere when he was like, thanks to the fans. But nobody knew what that meant. 
So now you know what it meant, but it, awesome. yeah. So I felt like kind of like happy. Yeah. I was digging him. I know you're a big John Favreau fan too. I am in the sense of like his creative abilities. Cause like jungle book and things like that. And I'm looking forward to Lion King, but as an actor, I don't know. I mean, what else has he been in? <laughs> oh, actually, a lot of stuff when you start sure look, looking around. But he did, you know, to take Iron Man, that was the first one out of the, right. you know, and do what he did with it and make people kind of latch on to a character that wasn't necessarily, not everybody knew about Iron Man. And obviously a lot of the success is Robert Downey Jr., just how he played it. But, you know, he had to shape it and mold it and make it happen. So I like that he was there at the end and just... I don't know. The whole movie ended up being about family at the end. And so it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that was one of the big the big takeaways for me. So how was your audience in the movie theaters? Were, were they kind of like loud or quiet? Well, I was at a first showing on Thursday night at six. I think they did it at six o'clock because, it, you know, the movie was longer and then they were just trying to pack us all in. And that crowd was really quiet. Mm -hmm. really subdued and almost almost like people just didn't want to say anything yeah and then i went again on saturday afternoon and that crowd was crazy <laughs> it it was crazy from the moment clint's with his family and you know they get dusted mm -hmm. people are like oh damn and you know just like saying things and talking but the funniest was this kid it was a little kid and when you know, all the little circles start coming and he's like, Captain on your left when Falcon says that. And then all everybody starts showing up and Black Panther walks out with Shuri. This kid goes, Black Panther! And then every superhero that came out after that, he announced. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the best was Doctor Strange. He was like, Doctor Strange! So every every character got announced, and I I hope people didn't ruin their experience. I was okay because at that point I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's still that's cute. I actually like that. So my first time around, everybody was I don't know. It was like a weird mix. They were a little bit louder, but mostly it seemed like everyone was really just wanting to watch and see what was happening. You very invested, <laughs> and then the second time. It was very similar. I think the second time around I went, there was still a lot of people who were new to seeing it, not repeat audiences. So I think that can be the difference, too, is when you have a repeat audience mm -hmm. and they're not as serious <laughs> and focused. But I wish I had had a kid like that in my in my showing because I would have been like, yeah, go little kid. <laughs> Both showings, the same reaction at two points. So it was when the Molnir went into Captain America's hand. That meow, was meow. just yeah, meow, 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 meow. Yeah. Went into his hand. And there the was a reaction for that. Yeah, screamed. And then when he said Avengers Assemble. So, oh, so yeah. yeah, so both times really similar reactions where people were just screaming, which is really, really cool and really fun. Those are definitely audience pop moments. Big mm -hmm. time. Big time. What were some of your favorite moments of the film and we'll just kind of like popcorn back th this back and forth because we probably have some of the same ones 
favorite favorite was the a force moment which is when all the ladies come in to take the gauntlet yes. and, and yes. get it through so that was definitely like i was like i kind of got chills and i was like amazing and you know what there's a lot of people on the internet that are saying that it was fan service and you know what it was and we don't care <laughs> it was awesome that's what it's there for and it's, it's say it's saying something too i don't think yeah. it's just there but i was like can't wait until i can use that gif on the internet oh i know <laughs> well in the line right before all of that starts too when peter parker has spider-man has the gauntlet and captain marvel just walks up and you know a lot of captain marvel the love i have for her is brie larson and the her voice and the way she says things, she has like this natural sarcasm. Mm-hmm. And she says that line of, hi, Peter Parker. <laughs> you know, <laughs> got something for me? And it's just like, oh, that's so awesome. And he's like, I don't know how you're going to get it through all of that. And everybody is like, oh, she has help. It was just so, so freaking cool. My gosh. It was awesome. So let's see, for me, I know this is one of yours, when Spider-Man comes back and he sees Iron Man and they have this hug, and the hug is great, but I think what's even better is when (laughs) Spider-Man goes, so remember when I went all dusty? And then I must have passed out, because then when I woke up, you weren't there anymore? I've seen, I'm just like, because I love this scene, I kind of know it, and and Doctor Strange was there, and he said, or the doctor guy or something, and was there and he said come on kid they need us and then he did that yellow starkly thing he does all the time (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely there's a kind of earnestness to tom holland's spider-man that makes him really endearing like just the way he's saying it that was when i was starting to ball the second time was Mm. there i was like oh man i didn't cry the second time up until about that point because it was so much about Iron Man's regret for, you know, what happened to him and making that choice. And so that kind of brought it all back around, right? He's starting to undo some of the things that he really regretted. Yeah. And, you know, for me, that moment, and I think Spider-Man really reminds me of a lot of my high school kids because Mm -hmm. they do talk like that. They talk really fast and kind of all over the place and they're sort of spastic sometimes. And so it kind of reminds me of that. And it's just, I just love it. I love it so much. And of course, Spider-Man's a part of one of the scenes that made me cry my eyes out again because of the way Tom Holland plays him. But we're not ready for that yet. Mm. All right. So what's another one of yours? Cap handing Falcon the shield Mm. at the end. I, I thought that was... Beautiful. I sort as soon as he stepped on that platform, I'm like, he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Just the way, just the way it was. I was like, we're we're winding down. He's we don't need to know this part of the story. And he, I was like, he's gonna get, he's gonna get his girl. That's what they set up. That was his choice. That was the thing he gave up. And I think there's a beautiful symmetry in that Captain America has always been the selfless hero. And the lesson he took away from Tony was him telling him to sometimes you have to have a life. Yeah. And he took that. He took a selfish moment to to have what he wanted. And Iron Man went the other way. He was that selfish anti-hero. And, you know, there's a moment in, I think, Avengers 2 or Avengers 1 where he says, you know, I wouldn't, you know, lay on the the wire. And 
he does, he does, he, he does the selfless thing finally. And so, you know, they balance each other out and their stories balance each other out. So when Tony did this, the selfless thing, I'm like, Cap should do something selfish for himself. So Mm -hmm. it was just perfect. And then, you know, handing it off that whole, just the whole part of giving it to Falcon. I just thought that was beautiful. Well, and I think they're setting up the TV show for Disney plus that's supposed to be Bucky and the Falcon. Which I am ready for. I'm, I'm <laughs> all for it. Ever since that scene in the the Volkswagen with them, and I, they're going to be so funny. I just know it. So you said this earlier, but this was a big thing for me was Cap being able to grab what I call Meow Meow, which is, <laughs> I guess, Molnir, but I just like saying Meow Meow. And so he picks it up. And Thor being like, I knew it, <laughs> you know, and so I love that. And then I also really love the scene with Thor or Fat Thor, as I like to call him, and Rocket when they're on, what is Thor's homeworld? Oh, when, well, the, it, I think they've settled on Earth, I think, is what the implication. No, I know. I'm talking about when they go back. Oh, um. I don't remember what it's called. We're having a brain Asgard. Asgard, Asgard, there you go. (laughs) When Rocket's like, snap out of it. You know, and he's like smacking him. And Thor's like just crying and just all this stuff. Like that whole scene was just fantastic. (laughs) They were definitely, you know, you wonder too, was that all, like was Bradley Cooper there or did he just get lines or how did they do that i don't even i don't even know but it's just so chris hemsworth is so funny he's so good yeah he's so funny and i thought it was great because you know there's always this thing with guys having to be competitive but that wasn't what that at in that moment when the three of them stood up to fight thanos and then you know he cheers for him when he when he picks it up Mm -hmm. i was and i was like yes this is so awesome it was that was you know, the shield and the hammer. And then, oh, when they switch, when he's oh, like, no, yeah. no, you, no, 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 you take the small one. <laughs> that was perfect, too. <laughs> I was like, no, no, you take this one. <laughs> it was so cool. And I will say, though, when Thor finally, you know, has this moment of realization and like his power kind of comes back to him. And I was half expecting like they fixed his hair some. But I was half expecting him to lose the gut, too. Like, it would just go away. And then it didn't. And I was like, oh, boo. No, he just got the fancy beard braids. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I just really like very cut fit Thor. So. Well, it looks like he's going to be on in the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So. Mm-hmm. It'll you be know, interesting to see what they do with that. For that sure. And that whole scene was oh, fabulous. Gosh, that was great. I love the two of them together of Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth. And He's like, I'm the captain. Oh, yeah, sure. The sure captain. You are. Yes, you are. It's all in the eye acting with the two of them. It's there's not what they're saying. It's the way they look. And it's yes. so funny. I'm like, oh, my God, these guys are going to be really funny. They're really, really good. Bad talk about Black Widow dying. It definitely feel like you know when i saw it i was like okay i have to think about this like how am i gonna feel about this how did it happen when they started when they were having the conversation about you know this is how it's gonna go down i'm like oh i know how it's gonna go down new because 
I just felt like that was going to be her moment when mm-hmm. it was going to be her choice because they had set that stakes up. You know, she was leading shield. She, Oh, you know, she talked about having the red in her ledger. They had set it up with Hawkeye having the family. So he yeah. has something to go back to. And they've always had a friendship. I almost feel like maybe there's a little bit of unrequited love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. I, I, you know, that's just what I pick up in the story. So it was something, you know, when she cries, when she knows that it's him out, like slaying the bad guys and just, you know, murdering them earlier in the story, she knows what he's become. So I felt like that was going to happen. And in the, in the course of the story, it, it felt like it was natural that she that was gonna she was gonna be the one to make the choice and do it. Do I think because now you see sometimes when the storytellers talk about it and they want to talk about it and justify it, they're like, oh well, there wasn't anything else that could happen. Uh, I I'd say I don't know if if I if I had a woman telling me that, I might be more inclined to say that's the only alternative. Maybe you could have done something different because obviously all these other characters have alternatives. But the way the story played out it seemed like that was the right thing for that character in that moment, the way it played out. And I'm not extremely bothered by it. Yeah. I really wasn't bothered by it either. I mean, I think for me mentally, I'm like, well, he has a family, he has kids. And so it makes sense in the story, the way that it is. And black widow is just a natural, very selfless person when she joins S.H.I.E.L.D. and becomes a part of the Avengers. She dedicates her entire life to that and doesn't have a life outside of it, similar to Iron Man almost in a way. And I just really liked the way that it played out, and the fight between the two of them was amazing, just because they're so talented, not only talented actors, but the characters themselves are so matched that the fight was just incredible. And I just, I, I didn't have an issue with it. A lot of people were upset that she didn't have a funeral, but I think they did have a funeral for her. It was the characters who, when they sat out on the lake and they were, they were mourning her Mm -hmm. and the story, you know, is moving on from there. And, so I felt like they did the funeral that Black Widow, Natasha, would have wanted, which yeah. is, you know, I'm in this life. I'm not in this for, you know, do you guys to celebrate me? That's that's the way that character plays out, even when she does the hearing and she's like, you know, you're not going to lock me up because you need me. And but she, she doesn't want the big play. She's just going to go do her thing and do her life. And that's that's the way she would have wanted it. Just you know, keep on, keep fighting. She, and she wouldn't have done it. She didn't think they could, they could finish it. Mm -hmm. And they do kind of, they go back to that in the end with Scarlet Witch talking to, to Clint. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, before we move on to the next thing that we have here, this is something I just thought of that I wanted to talk about, but how did you feel about weird combined Hulk I liked it. Okay. I was, I'm still baffled by it, but it's not off-putting. It was just a little bit, like, weird. (laughs) Well, 
the whole the whole thing with his character he actually has this you know he doesn't have his own movie but he has all these things that we know go on in all the other movies that he actually has this pretty amazing character arc yeah through through everything and especially with if you add ragnarok he's functionally it's half of his movie too that's that everything's happening to him but he's he's trying to synergize himself and make sense and make everything work he needs to be a whole person in order to be the person to snap the finger is what i what i think he can't mm-hmm. just be strong he has to be smart he has to be smart and strong enough to wield it like like thanos is so it it works and so and I really like Mark Ruffalo and he makes him <laughs> yeah. so human. The whole, you know, the kids coming and saying, oh, gosh, that taking the picture great. and with Scott. And he's like, go oh, take his picture, take his pictures. It was it would kind of get me freaked out sometimes. Just. Oh, I like the part when he's they're like smash things. He's like, it seems kind of gratuitous as he r- rips his shirt off when they're back in yeah, New York City. He goes, and he's like, he's like, Rawr. <laughs> exactly. <Rawr. laughs> That would be how I would be playing Hulk if they asked me to record it. So that was, I was like, yeah, I totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So some of our favorite moments that were kind of unexpected things that happened that we weren't, weren't expecting that we really liked. Uh, For me, Thanos being killed really early on. I didn't expect them to figure out where he was and then go kill him. And then I was like, well, what's the rest of the movie going to be about? <laughs> it's a time heist. Well, yeah, now now I know that. That was actually another thing I really liked is the fact that it was that, that it jumped forward in time several years. Because I didn't understand how it would make sense otherwise. You know, so those both kind of go together, but... I was sort of surprised by the story of the movie, I guess. Well, they did a good job of hiding it in the trailer. Yeah. Just, you know, what what was happening. And, you know, we didn't see different certain characters like that moment when they walk out, when Tony's coming back, when they when Captain Marvel brings it back really at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see you know, some of the, all the characters walking out. So it wouldn't give away what that moment was. So it was just different things and the way they changed Natasha's hair color. Mm-hmm. So you, you couldn't really put where everything was, but then when they're like, I'm like, Oh, they're doing a time heist. Okay. That's cool. But yeah, I didn't, I was like, Oh man. So he chopped his head off. Now what are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then it started to make sense, but it was kind of surprising just how much, we didn't know. I guess maybe some people maybe went out and were really spoiled, but we didn't know what was happening. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pay any attention. So, for me, how much I liked Nebula's story or related to it, maybe is yeah. I don't. I I just felt I felt something for her, and I remember it in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. She just did nothing for me, but she just did a lot of raging and screaming. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was because they knew where they were taking her. But I was like, whatever. She's just raging and screaming. Ooh, she's the angry sister. So I have a sister. So then that kind of a whole trying to relate to your sister and get in and make the right choice and trying to explain to Gamora that, you know, you you make the right choice and, you know, her trying to rectify to herself and she just decides at the end she's going to save her sister and shoot herself. There's this whole crazy 
thing about all the characters fighting themselves yeah. at some point in the other, except for Hulk, who's synthesized himself. Yeah. It's, that is an interesting thing because, and they do mention all these movies that are about like time travel, but I immediately go to Harry Potter, which I know, I know, but they have a time thing there and like time rolls, you're not supposed to interact with yourself. <laughs> But I guess normal time travel rules do not apply. Or really, what are time travel rules? I like that they're just telling him that they're all wrong. He's like, back to the future is not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Ant-Man still, I love Ant-Man. He cracks me up. But he, there's some movie that he that he points out. And then he's like, oh, wait, no, that's not one. Uh, I don't remember what movie he said. But they're just like naming all these movies and then he names, I don't know, maybe he says like Pulp Fiction or I don't remember what it was. But I was like, that's not a time travel movie, dude. <laughs> so, it ended up being cool because he has, he has his daughter, but yeah. he's one of the ones who's arguing still to keep going on. Yeah. And just the way that you know, an Iron Man's like Tony's like, no, I'm not. I'm um, I'm fine. I'm good. But then he can't stop thinking about it. So there's this whole kind of balance of giving up things and not wanting to lose things, and you know, all the ways you put that on the line. Yeah, and you know, that's another one of my, I guess, unexpected moments. I didn't expect it to happen, but favorite moments is when you see. Tony with his family and with his kid and all that stuff. And then the, the Avengers get there and he tells them no. And then he's of course trying to figure it out and he figures it out. And then he talks to pepper and she has this line that comes up later that says, she says, but would you be able to rest? You know, cause he's like, I can forget about it. I can put it away. I don't have to do this. And she says that comment of, but would you be able to rest? And then at the end, and we have one of our cry moments, when she tells him that you can rest now, and then that's when he dies. Yep. Oh, my God. Jeez. That was that was very pull-on-your-heartstrings kind of thing. Like, when she it, says, when me. she say, we're going to be okay? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of giving him the peace in, in that moment. Oh. I mean, she had to... Obviously, she could have just said, no, throw it in the lake. Don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah, she could have, but she's not that kind of partner. Yeah. So let's see. What's. Uh, do you want to talk about the Thanos getting dusted thing or do you want to move it on? It just to... felt good. Oh, Thanos getting dusted? <laughs> yeah. I was like, he is he going to. Very slow. I said, is he going to just lose everything and hang around? Are they going to chop off his head again? What's going to happen? Then he just sort of started dusting. I'm like, yes. Yay. Dusty Thanos. That was really good. <laughs> Sad Thanos. Like it even better. Win. Uh, okay, so moments where he cried. So I just talked about one. Um, when Iron Man dies. For a lot of reasons. And... You know, he's been my favorite character. You just know that he's been, he's started all of this and now it's ending and his character is ending and all of this stuff. I mean, it's just, there's so much there. And then the cheeseburgers and just, oh my gosh. 
I cried the second time I saw it. I didn't cry at all until I knew when Spider-Man came back. And from there, I started getting misty eyed. And then I just flat out bawled when he died. And to say that he isn't like the character. I've liked the character and I'll watch the movies and I enjoy everything the way he's a kind of a foil to Captain America all along through this whole journey and everything that's happened. And then when it, cause I guess I knew this time. So it was starting to build. And then I was just like, well, and the Spider-Man's reaction. Oh my God. Yeah. He's that's like, we won. We won. Mr. Stark. Mr. That's so Stark. teenager oh, though. Did I know, you... but that just gets me. Did you see the video of Tom Holland in the Spider-Man suit at Disneyland? Yes. That was great. It was <laughs> fantastic. I love that. And I love because the kids are like, they're wanting to get, like, give him hugs and they don't realize who he is. And then, you know, the, the next group's like, they, they're posing and then they're like, you Like, he's posing perfect. He's not posing like a Disney character poses for pictures i mean he gets down he's in the stands he does the thing like if he's holding on to a piece of like spider string he's got he has all the poses down the one you know when he's the one, does the, the one leg out and then the one where it's in the center mm-hmm. where he'd be like on top of a pole or something and that was so, so funny i was like he's got them all down i'm like he's really limber too because those poses <laughs> aren't necessarily easy <clears throat> well <laughs> but have then, you seen have you seen the uh, lip reading. What is lip that? Sync? Yeah. yeah. Where lip sync does where umbrella. he does umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> there is a God. <laughs> that is really funny. I watch it. People and people share it all the time. Just so you don't forget Tom Holland did this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. Anyway, people are crazy on it. Mm-hmm. So I cried, cried, cried when Thor was with his mom. Oh, that was such a good scene too. That was great. And I love Renee Russo's performance. And then I love how she's like, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. You know, she's your a wise, future. wise woman. Mm-hmm. Well, and then when he calls for the, <laughs> the hammer, Sometimes I'm take him. Takes a minute. What? Yeah, because Rocket's like, what's happening? I don't understand. <laughs> what are we waiting for? <laughs> I also cried, cried, cried when Natasha was eating the sandwich and and Steve came back in. And he's like, I'm just here to say, just here to do your laundry or something like that. Mm, yeah, that and, was good. Of course, they break up the tension when Iron Man or Ant-Man gets there. And he's like, is that anybody's sandwich? I'm starving. And he just starts <laughs> eating this. I appreciate a movie giving me a good cry. So mm-hmm. you get to kind of, you get a, an excuse to do it. Because I don't cry very much. If I'm crying, the world's in a bad place. So I get my excuse when I go to the movies. If I'm crying, it doesn't mean anything. It could mean I'm happy. It could mean I'm sad. It could mean that, you know, I turn the corner weird. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I'm at a, I'm at a wedding. <laughs> I literally could be crying about anything. I cried in a dream and woke up and I was crying. In Hopefully, was it a sad dream? Uh, it was a dream with my grandfather. <laughs> so okay. It was an emotional dream. That can so, happen. But it was so weird. That's only happened to me... A couple of times where I've cried in my dream and woke up with tears coming down my face. I think it's both been with dreams about my grandpa. 
for people who are listening that don't know what I'm talking about, my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago. Since I'm talking about dreams, and you'll appreciate this, I had a dream this morning that I was at a Starbucks with Tom Hanks, and he and I were friends. He would be your friend. I think he would be my friend. I really do. I think I'm cool enough, relaxed, laid back enough person that he and I could actually be friends. I mean, you could talk about Toy Story and... I don't know if I want to. I'm really scared of Toy Story 4. I'm so scared. I'm excited. I'm going to go see it. But I'm so scared because Toy Story 3 about ruined me. Sad or... Yeah. Very emotional. Very emotional. And so I'm scared of what this... (laughs) what this is (laughs) but i'm very excited and i want all the lego sets what is it ducky and bunny what what ducky and bunny are the new characters but then there's also forky i put a tweet out about this by the way yes he's a spork but his name is not sporky it's forky (laughs) just making that clear that's why he's conflicted (laughs) he's not really (laughs) named correctly <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like when you're a Patricia and people try to call you Patty. Ooh. So he's just has that's me. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know you're a Patricia, but you very much are a Trisha. You know what's also funny is when people spell your name wrong. Cuz you're a CIA and people try to spell it with an SHA. Yeah, all sorts of weird things happen. And I have people who just don't know when I when they look at it, they don't know that's Trisha. Mm. But then if I put Patricia, they're like, oh, Patricia. Okay. <laughs> like, that's weird. Like, I don't think it's that, that like, obscure of a name. I don't think it is. I mean, that's Amy or Rebel Wilson's real name in, in Pitch Perfect. She's not Fat Amy. She's Fat Patricia. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, guys, so if you are liking what you hear and you want more fangirl chat, we are going to be doing more of those, especially with some of the things that are coming out. But in the meantime, in between shows, you can find us at fangirlsgoingrogue.com. And we actually tweet about fangirl chat from that account as well, which is at fggoingrogue. Trisha is at fangirlcantina. I am at icecoldpenguin. And our social media manager is at Sandra at Geek Chic Nice. And you can email us about this at contact at fangirlsgoingrogue.com or you can join our Facebook. <laughs> that was that was coming. <clears throat> yeah. Or you can just type in Fangirls Going Rogue at Facebook. And please, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a positive five star review. We need your reviews so more people find us, especially with this show. Because we don't do very many of them, but we're going to try to fix that. But we need you to rate and review it. Otherwise, nobody knows it exists. And I'm going to ask you one thing further. Share this show, please. Ow, he just punched my desk. That was, like, forceful, too. I felt it all the way here in my chest. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I just really am enthusiastic about that. Please share this show with anybody you know that likes Avengers Endgame. It's the best way to show us that you love us. All right, so until next time, Avengers Assemble.